0: One thing that I committed to, that I'm still committed to, is I will not sacrifice my children for midwifery. My family and my children are my first ministry, and midwifery is what God has called me to in addition.
1: Welcome to the In Between Mama podcast, a place to rest in between who you are and who God is calling you to be. I'm your host, Riley Sandral, and today I'm really excited to welcome my guest, Taylor Eastup. Taylor is a Christ follower, a wife to her high school sweetheart, a mama to eight children, and a student midwife. Her main ministry is her children, whom she homeschools, and she recently stepped into the calling of midwifery uh, that God placed on her heart. So I actually started following Taylor a few years ago, a year ago or so, I'm not quite sure how we first met or got connected, but I really resonated with her passion for birth, um, how she raises her family, and honestly, like, how vulnerable and real she was around healing her childhood wounds and, Um, just talking about different types of families and how growing up doesn't look the same for everyone. And I really loved that her own journey in motherhood has been really beautiful and it's cool to like watch that, um, and what it's looked like to add birth work into the mix. So we also had our babies, my second and her eighth, uh, two months apart. And I remember excitedly like following along for her, um, home birth announcement and the whole thing so um, we just kind of encourage each other during pregnancy and postpartum and it's been really cool to see our friendship grow so today we're actually meeting for the first time so grab your coffee cozy up or fold the laundry you've been avoiding i have a pile behind this camera um and let's chat hi taylor welcome to the in between mama podcast how are you doing today i'm doing great how are you I'm good. I'm so glad you were able to come on and talk with me and that we can just spend a little bit of time uh, sharing our stories. And I can't wait to hear more about yours. We followed each other for a few years now, but um, this is like our first time actually meeting. So this is really exciting.
0: Yes, it's great to finally meet, even if it's virtually right now. Yes, I know. Um, So do you mind
1: just we'll just jump right in sharing a bit of your family story from the time you got married until now?
0: Yes. So my husband and I met when we were 17 um, in high school and we got married straight out of high school at 18. Um, We had our first baby right off the bat at 19. And then we had each subsequent baby. When I had my second baby, I had my first baby with a midwife in the hospital. When I had my second baby, he was also born with a midwife in the hospital. And um, it really just lit a passion in me for birth work and I really dreamed of being a midwife. Um, I kept that passion this whole time and we continued to have baby after baby after baby. We have eight and so um, when I was pregnant with my eighth I had an opportunity come up to actually walk into training to be a midwife and it was a little bit of a scary jump um, because I've always just been a stay-at-home homeschooling mom. I'm still a stay-at-home homeschooling mom but I'm also training to be a midwife so
1: wow that is a lot we're gonna have to unpack a lot of that um I like our similar our stories are similar in the getting married young I got married at 19 yeah I just turned 19 when we got engaged and got married two months later three months later um and then we started having babies pretty soon I had my first right before right two weeks after I turned 21 so it was very, um, quick, but I'm very thankful for the boys that we do have. Um, yes. so have you always felt called to motherhood and homeschooling? Was that just kind of, this is how my life is going to go? Or did you th- had you ever considered any kind of like medical thing before having kids and getting married?
0: Yes, so I graduated high school two years early. Um, I was homeschooled through the last three years of high school, but I graduated two years early. And so I immediately enrolled in college because that was just the thing to do. Um, I had a very rough upbringing with my parents, so my sister actually had me through high school. Um, okay. She's 13 years older than me. So I immediately was going to go into the nursing field. Um, I have always loved healthcare, biology, anatomy, physiology. That's all right. My jam. So I've always loved that. But, um, when we got married, we knew that we wanted to have children right away. Um, we Mm -hmm. knew before we got married that we wanted to have children right away. And I've always wanted a large family. Um, just, I wanted to have my own family and have that shot at having a family that I didn't have necessarily as a child. Mm -hmm. So um, once I had my first baby, like when I was pregnant, I was devouring everything birth. Um, And then when I was pregnant with my second, I really was like devouring all the birth videos, all the education, all the books I could read, um, everything about it. But then looking at, I was actually took the test and made it into nursing school three times, did that whole like competitive thing three times. And each time I got pregnant. So each time I was like, oh, I can't finish. So I got all the way through to the clinicals and would have to stop. And so I just made the decision after with my husband, after our third baby, that God didn't want me in the nursing field. It was very clear. Like he just kept showing us that that was not where I was supposed to be. But I still had this passion for midwifery and for mamas and babies. Mm -hmm. So that never really left. Yeah. I love
1: that. Wow. Um, that, that is a lot. That must've been really hard to walk through feeling like, I'm sure that there was a sense of like defeat with each of those, like exciting that you're pregnant, but mm-hmm. also like, I just, cause I've, I have friends that have gone through that whole process. It's a lot. Yes. So that, that must've been very difficult to, um, hash out with God or did, did you feel peace around leaving each time?
0: I actually had a lot of peace. Um, It was strange. Like, of course, it was a little bit like, oh, I thought I was going to finish this time. But like that final time, especially, I was like, no, no, I'm not. I'm just not supposed to do it. And I had peace because I do enjoy being with my babies. I do. If I'm not at a birth or at the clinic, you'll find me with my babies. In fact, my youngest that he's not one yet, he's usually at the clinic with me. So you'll find me with my babies.
1: (laughs) I love that. I love it. Um and I feel like that's one of the things I love about midwifery in general is that it's a well at least on are you training to become a C- a CPM correct? Yes, a CPM. Okay. Yeah, so especially in that culture like your children are welcome and I ap- I just yes. love like the culture that has been created around that or at least around here. I know it's mm-hmm. different everywhere you go and depending on state stuff, but um that's really special. I love it. Uh yes. I have always been like very much interested in birth and with my first h- after having him I was I was interested before and I had done <laughs> a lot of reading and listening to all the videos obsessively um but with my second when it came time to okay do I want to advocate for myself do I want to actually have a home birth this time and make these different choices it um it definitely let a spark in me and now I'm like the crazy birth lady with all my friends and (laughs) I have a feeling like my husband has even said like I feel like God is going to call you into birth work at some point and I feel the same exact way it's just a matter of not now like I have other things that are right in front of me and I also have littles and I know that that is not right for me now with littles and so i like admire you so much for how you are just answering god's call and trusting and relying on him i know we've we've had dms before where i'm like how how are you doing this and you're like by the
0: strength of the lord (laughs) yes that's it that's only only by his grace um i couldn't do it Apart from his grace, but I also couldn't do it at a time when it, the door opened at 1.2 and it wasn't the Lord opening that door at that point. And my husband and I prayed about it and we were able to discern that the midwife that I'm training under. Um, I had reached out to her just to find out what the steps were to become a midwife. This is when I had only five or six children. And she gave me the steps and she was actually having interviews and she said, you know, come in an interview. And I just, I, we prayed about it and I said, I can't like, now's not the time. The Lord's not giving me peace about walking into it right now. And I'm really thankful I didn't like, yeah, it would be great to be done with my training already, but yeah. I'm, I'm thankful that I didn't walk into it at that point because it is very demanding, especially midwifery itself is demanding, but being a student midwife is, demanding in its own way because you have so many fulfillments you have to get. There's different ways of doing it. You can go through a college and then they lay out the coursework for you, or you can do what I'm doing and what a lot of people do is the pet program. And so you're responsible for self-disciplining your own education. As far as the didactic portion of all the books, they have a list, but you're responsible for reading through that and maintaining that knowledge. And then also doing all of the clinical and skill work. Um, Some of those things only come up at certain times. So you may have something that's going on, but this is only coming up right now. And you have to say, okay, I have to be disciplined and I have to go to that because I have to learn. And I have to Mm -hmm. give myself to that in that moment. So um, one thing that I've purposed to do is to view midwifery and birth work as a ministry and to keep that as my focus. And it's not a job. It's not a career to me. It's a ministry. Like God has called me to this to minister to mamas and babies. So when I get a phone call on last year, it happened on my little girl's birthday and thankfully the Lord was good and I made it home um, in the mid morning for her birthday. So that was great. But if I hadn't, we've already had these discussions like this is a ministry and God's Mm -hmm. bringing a precious life into this world and allowing mommy to be part of that. Mm -hmm. Um, So we've really tried to focus on the whole thing being a ministry and not a career based or based off of, oh, look how much money we can make. Midwives do not make <laughs> huge amounts of money, <laughs> so. No. <laughs> um,
1: that's really beautiful, and that you're able to have this conversation. Has
0: your, I know, so how old is your oldest now? She is about to be 14, and she okay. has just within the last year, a little under a year, she's just been able to get to that point of babysitting. Not that okay. I'll leave her for a whole day, but she, yeah. is, she is able to babysit. My One under her is 13. So Mm -hmm. they're able to tag tag team. team. And then I have (laughs) an 11 year old daughter right under them. And so the Lord's allowed this time to come where my husband and I, we didn't have babysitters for a long time. We haven't lived by family for the last six years. Um, We don't have, my kids never really stayed with babysitters um, Mm -hmm. especially not outside of the family. Sometimes they would stay with family for a few hours um, here and there, but we didn't really have regular date nights or, um babysitters and so midwifery wasn't possible because of that. Yeah. Too. Yeah. And so, um, now I've reached a point where my older ones, we've raised them up and trained them in how they should go. And yeah. so it's much easier to have that piece to say, Okay, mommy's gotta go to the clinic for a couple hours. Do you guys wanna come with me? Because we're very blessed and there's a beautiful playground out back and property where they can play at the clinic. Or do you want to stay home for a couple hours and they can earn a little bit of money, so yeah, I love that.
1: Um, it's cool that God has just then provided like that cycle and just has been able to bless you with that family that you have dreamed of. I really appreciated your honesty, um, just on Instagram over the last few years as you've shared about w- how God is working in your life and working to try to heal some of those childhood wounds and just the beauty yes. that He's blessed you tenfold with your own family. It's been amazing to watch.
0: Thank you. Um, I've always said like, it feels like my thirties right now are like a period of healing Mm. from childhood trauma. And as unfortunate as it is to walk into that as a mom and to have to heal while being a mom, um, it creates its own challenges sometimes where I battle things that I'm like, Oh wow. Like I didn't know that I was still battling this, but it is nice to see the progress that's being made.
1: Yeah, so I know it it always kind of just hits you at the weirdest times and you have to just deal with it. But I think it also kind of propels you to lean into God more and say, "Okay, I have absolutely nothing to give in this moment. And the only way I'm going to get through this is by your grace. And then that's a testimony
0: within itself. Yes. Amen. We had um, I'll call it my come to Jesus moment um, with midwifery where I was really, um, at one point it was before, um, my oldest was babysitting and I just, I did not see a way forward. Um, I just, we had tried out a couple babysitters that were in a homeschool group and they did not work out. Um, Mm -hmm. just very bad experiences. So, um, that wasn't, that wasn't working. So it felt like, okay, Lord, are you closing this door? And we, my husband and I are always very careful to pray that Lord, you know, if the door is open and you're opening it, let it be open. And if it's not direct us and show us and close that door. And, um, we came to a point where I was like, I can't, I can't do this because one thing that I committed to that I'm still committed to is I will not sacrifice my children for midwifery. Mm -hmm. My family and my children are my first ministry and midwifery is what God has called me to. In addition, um, a special calling from him. And so I just, I got alone with God one day and I wrote it in my journal and I prayed it out loud and I said, Lord, if you want me to continue, I'm not going to stress over it anymore. You're going to do it. You have to open the door. It's not on me. Like, it's not on me to figure this out. You have to Mm -hmm. do it if you've called me to this, because if he has called us to something, he will make a way. And it was within a day, it might've been that same day or the next day that this beautiful homeschool teenager from a lovely family, came into our life from a mutual friend, and she was praying with her mom about having a job to make some summer income, and Mm. I was sitting here praying that God would send somebody, if it was His will, that I could trust with my children, that we're going to share our values, and that was going to be a good fit for us. She lives about 15 minutes from us, and she's, I believe, she's almost 17, Um, and so she has just been a great blessing to our family. All the kids love her. She's responsible. I don't have to worry about anything. She's not on social media. She's not, um, involved with all of that world. And so when she's here, she's just here to pay attention to the kids and play with them and invest in them. And that gives me great peace. Absolutely.
1: Amen. That's amazing. Um, that's, oh, that's so cool. I, I was in that same because I was homeschooled a a lot of a lot of pieces of our story are very similar and that I was also homeschooled and I graduated er, early a year early um and like tried to figure out the whole college thing and all that um but I I also got to um babysit a lot and it was just like from the other side of it it was such so special getting to pour into those kids lives and so to have someone that actually truly cares and is going to be present is is amazing. I, I yes. absolutely love that for you. Yes. That's awesome. So, I'm sure then that that has helped because one of my questions I had for mm-hmm. you was how do you dif- differentiate the calling between ministry to your children and mm-hmm. co- the calling to become a midwife? Um, which that kind of answered a little bit of that question. Um, yes. but has there been anything that God has taught you in like the last year specifically and how to, or has he always kind of separated it and given you opportunities to here's your moment to love on your kids. And then here's your moment to love on these women and these babies.
0: Um, it's not, it's not as clear cut and dry as that. Like there are sometimes God has been so good. I say throughout this whole training process, most of my births have happened at night. Mm-hmm. A lot of them have happened at night. And so it's it's very nice when that does happen because my kids aren't missing me while I'm gone. They're not, I'm not worried that they're missing me because they're sleeping. Um, yeah. I have had eight children. Like I say, my eighth child willingly took a bottle of my pumped milk and none of my other children would ever touch a bottle. So oh, wow. he has been amazing. It's like God just gave me exactly what I needed to keep walking forward in faith that this was that I was hearing His calling correctly. I struggled a lot with it at the beginning because I actually had some ladies that I love and respect, they're dear friends of mine. But I had several that spoke to me and said, you should not be doing anything outside of your children and your house. And if you think that God's called you to that, you're mishearing stuff. Like you're not, mm-hmm. you're not paying attention to the voice of the Lord. And that hit me in my soul because first of all, I, I long to be right with the Lord. Um, Mm -hmm. that's where my faith is. That's where my foundation is. And so I really had to take a step back, but that put me in a cycle of like guilt and also Mm -hmm. doubting myself. And then, um, another dear friend of me spoke to me and she said, when God calls you, it's not a conference call. Like these other dear ladies that I love, they didn't get the same calling that I did because God doesn't Mm -hmm. call us all to the same thing. We know plenty, you and I both probably know plenty of women that could never walk into birth work because they're Mm -hmm. not called to it. It is a special calling, just like being called into being a lawyer or um, going overseas. That's a special calling that not everybody is prepared for and can do because God didn't call them and equip them for that. So I absolutely
1: love that your friend spoke truth into that, that this is not a conference call. I've never heard that before, but I love that. Um, And I think I need to apply that to my own life because it's so easy to like I'm a person that I'm I'm like, God, can I have I'm the annoying one in the Bible that wanted like 16 different confirmations that this is actually God. And he's so gracious and gives me those half the time. But it's easy to go to other people and say, what do you think about this? And, and I mm-hmm. believe that getting insight from other believers is also super important and having them pray over you. But I, I love that your friend that God gave you that friend to speak over that and yes. just reaffirm what is actually truth in that moment, um, yes. which that kind of leads me to th- my next question, because I find that as moms, we easily fall into guilt traps all the time Mm -hmm. either feeling guilty for leaving our kids or dedicating any amount of time to anything but the household um Mm -hmm. and so I was wondering like has there been any guilt for the time that you spent training what has God spoken over that and how do you specifically handle that and I this is kind of a selfish question because I'm like I kind of want to know for myself like (laughs) you know
0: um, it's it's all come down to me, too. I can be quick to feel guilty if um, if I feel like, oh, I have to be at... Yesterday, I had to be at the clinic all day. We had mm-hmm. a staff meeting, which was also a teaching class. Um, mm-hmm. I learned a lot of great things. And then I had back-to-back appointments that I had to be there for because there are certain fulfillments that we have to fulfill in our paperwork. And I needed to be there. Not only that, but I need to also check in with these mamas because if I'm going to be on their birth team, then... They need to know me on more than just a surface level. Hi, I'm here to see you have your baby. Yeah. I just feel that's very important. Oh,
1: um, absolutely. And so
0: the Lord works it out graciously again. He always meets these needs where my husband, I, my babysitter was not available, but my husband's schedule got cleared. A random customer canceled, and so his schedule was cleared. And so he was here with the children. Now, as far as the guilt that I feel sometimes from running out, I have to remind myself that God is using this as a ministry. Like this is Mm -hmm. not, so I try and greet these mamas with a smile on my face always because I want them to know that I'm happy to be serving them and that it's a privilege and an honor. It's not a right to walk in there and serve people and meet them in their most vulnerable state usually. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I want them to know that I'm happy for that. Um, Does it stink sometimes if I'm missing my kids? Yeah, it does. But do I know that they're loved and cared for? Yes. Yes. And I've also Mm -hmm. done a little bit of study into, in the Bible, midwifery is a calling that is foundational. You know, you find them in Exodus, you find them in the Old Testament of the Bible. The midwives were there and they were with women. And I feel like that is my heartbeat. It's to be with women. We're not doing this as a career and I'm climbing the corporate ladder. I'm literally trying to minister to moms. And so I try and be intentional with my time with my children too, to make sure that they know that they are my number one priority. And I check in with my kids, especially my older ones frequently, and say, how are you feeling about this? Are you still feeling good with mommy doing this? And they're all excited. My oldest two daughters want to be midwives themselves, so they're like, "Mommy, I want you to become a midwife, and then I want you to train me to be a midwife." Mm-hmm. Um, my second daughter, we found out that her middle name actually means midwife, so oh, that's so cool. Did not know that at the time when we named her that, and so yeah. she's both the girls from a young age before I ever even said to them out loud that I would like to be a midwife have expressed that they would like to be midwives. So, it's just kind of special to see how God's going to work this out.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing all of that in the future. That's amazing. I love it. Yes. Um, So, do you have any specific advice? Which, on, we're going to talk about husbands for a second, transitioning. um, Because that is a whole other aspect of this, um, well, career ministry, depending on where you're coming from, but for you specifically, ministry. That's a whole other aspect of, like, a time commitment, a financial commitment, all of the different commitments um, having to step up. I'm not exactly sure what your husband's career is, um, but do you have any specific advice about communicating to your husband that calling, or honestly, any calling at all? Like, how did you both come to the conclusion that this is what you were supposed to do, and how has he supported you in that?
0: Well, when... Back when I first felt called to midwifery, I've always talked to my husband about everything. Um, I talk a lot. I, I am an extroverted introvert. So when I get to know you, I talk a lot. If we're talking birth, I'll talk all day. But to my husband, I talk a lot. To my family members, I talk a lot. To other mm-hmm. people, I may not talk as much. But he anyway. <laughs> already, yes. <laughs> so he already knew what I was feeling. Um, yeah. And then I was very open when the first time the midwife that I'm under offered me to come in for an interview. I told him about it, but I instantly told him like, it's just, it's not, it's not the right time. I know that God's saying it's not the right time. And he agreed. The mm-hmm. second time when it came up, that is the funniest story of how I fell into midwifery. If anybody has tried to get into midwifery, you know that it is not an easy path to get a preceptor to train mm-hmm. under a midwife. It, it's full. There's not enough. And so I got a random email from the midwife that said, Hey, we're having interviews. And I felt like God wanted me to reach out to you and let you know that we're having interviews. And this is three years after I spoke to her the first time, I think three or four years. And so I was like, Hmm, that's weird. So I talked to my husband about it and he said, go for the interview. Like go for the interview. Maybe God is opening this door. He felt that I felt that. So I went to the interview talked with them, the whole team. And then um, she said she'd be making her decision on Memorial Day and she would let me know. And so I just sat there and we prayed for that. It was a, I think it was four or five days in between. And we just prayed the entire time, God, you say in your word that you can open doors that no one can open and you can close doors that no one can shut. So if this Mm -hmm. is truly your will for me to walk through it, open the door. And if it's not your will, shut the door completely so that we Mm -hmm. won't push on it, won't knock on it, anything. And so Memorial Day came around, no phone call all day. We're outside taking a walk through our neighborhood and my phone rings and it's the midwife. And I picked up and she said, hey, um, I just wanted to let you know that I'm offering you the position. We chose you. And I mean, just tears, just tears, Mm. because that was the first confirmation from God. Now, do you think that I got it that first time? Of course I did in the moment, but then Mm. as tough situations would come up, it would be like, God, am I really hearing you? Are you really wanting me to do this? And every single time, it's almost annoying how how much I can question it sometimes because every single time I'm like, no, I can't do this. I'm going to quit. Like, I just, I can't do this. I've got to quit. God puts something in front of me and he's like, no, you are doing this. Like, no, Mm -hmm. you're going. Like he he does something that is just... Direct in the line of birth work, um, and it's just like, okay, okay, Lord, I hear you loud and clear. So that's amazing. But um,
1: so it sounds like the foundational piece for that is prayer and getting yes. with your husband to pray. Yes, was that something that always came naturally in your marriage, or is that something that you guys had to work through?
0: Uh, we definitely had to work at it. Um, mm-hmm. We definitely. Sorry, I'm on call, so I was checking that phone and call. It no, was just a stamp. you're totally fine. Yeah, you're but fine. Um, yeah, so um, we had to work at it. It wasn't something that we necessarily were shown as like this is a good way to lead your marriage. But we have been in good churches and had the opportunity to see good marriages modeled. Um, my husband's parents are still together and have a have a good marriage, and so um, we were able to glean from different couples, um, and take good, leave things that we saw were not good. Mm -hmm. And praying for us, especially for big decisions like that, that involve the whole family. We really do try and make an effort to pray together. And when I'm feeling anxious about something, I'll say, Hey, can we pray about this? And my husband's really good to always be like, yeah, let's pray about it right now. And so praying about this calling was something that, you know, the Lord created that desire in my heart he called me to it and then my husband saw that he saw the years of desire and the years of before I even walked into it just like studying to know for myself Mm -hmm. these things and so he was very supportive he's been very supportive through the whole process every time I'm like I don't think I can do this he's like you're doing fine when I had a busy season where I was at the clinic a lot even taking the kids with me I was like don't think I'm giving enough time to the kids. And he's like, what are you talking about? Like you're with the kids all the time. You're only at like a couple appointments for a couple days. Like it's four hours out of the week. You're doing that. And the rest of the time you're with the kids, like you are doing it. You are with our children. So he's really good to ground me and center me and bring me back to that because I can, that's, that's that guilt that rises up that says, Oh, if I'm not 24 seven right there over the top of them, that then I'm not doing what other people's ideas really are of what motherhood is. If, Absolutely. If we look at other cultures, yes, these women, um, I'm going to bring up like tribal women or um, other cultures down in Mexico, they, their children aren't off in school, but they're learning alongside of them, but not in the way that the moms don't step away. The moms mm. do step away and the children learn responsibility. They learn independence. But they also know that mom's there when mom needs to be there. And so it's like, we can take good things from other cultures as well and apply that because our American version of what a mom is, I mean, we see it online. There's mommy wars everywhere about, oh, "Oh, well, if you step outside of your home, you're not doing what's right. But if you don't work, then you're lazy. And so it it can go both ways. You can't please everybody.
1: Yeah. The double standards are exhausting and it's really difficult when you're in it to be able to see reality. Yes. Um, and something I've learned cause I work outside of the home a couple of days a week. Mm-hmm. I work from home too. I, I, I'm just constantly working and trying yes. to figure out where <laughs> my kids also fit into that too, to be a yes. good mom and to be a good wife and homemaker and friend and all of those different things. Um, not to make decisions after dark because mm-hmm. I cannot, because I, after a certain period of the day, my brain yep. Shuts off, and you start getting those thoughts, and then the internet, and everything just starts going Mm -hmm. through, and it's it's not good, it's not healthy. Um, Yes. And so, if you're going to be making any decisions, like don't make any decisions about who you are, any truth about you after dark. And (laughs) when you're in the middle of it, you can't see what reality. And I often will wake up after having a spiral at night of like I can't do this, and the enemy is just really getting in my head. And my husband's like, just go to bed and i wake up the next morning and everything is right again in the world. <laughs> so. Yes.
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's that's the exact same thing. I can i can start to quote spiral in the evenings and feel like, wow, this is too much. I can't do this. I can't do this. And I'm like, okay. I've learned after months and months and months of this, like just go to bed. You'll feel yeah. completely different in the morning because your joy is renewed in the morning and the yeah. Lord brings hope again in the morning and it's like he gives it, the Bible says he gives his beloved sleep we need sleep and sometimes yeah. when we're deliriously anxious it's go to bed yeah, Just go to bed absolutely
1: <laughs> so so throughout this whole process what has been some of the most helpful support that you have received during the training period whether it is sleep or yes. <laughs> anything like if you have if you were talking to friends of midwives, friends of training midwives or whatever, what would you say this is the kind of support you can offer?
0: Um as far as oh, to to be supportive of others? Yeah, the absolutely. Biggest, the biggest support is just to a big thing and a big pet peeve of mine is don't place your limitations on other people. Um because I have had a lot of people do that. Oh, I don't understand how you do that. You you must not be taking care of yourself. You must not this. You must not that. And it's like, okay, again, you're not called to this work, but I am. And so God is giving me the grace that I need to sustain myself. And I am very purposeful in how I take care of myself because of that, knowing that if you're not, it's not sustainable. Mm -hmm. Um, But just support them and where they're at support. That's what we should be doing for all our mom friends is meeting them where they're at and offering them support, not thinking that we know what's best, or we have the answer to everything. Um, my children are my children and your children are your children. And the way we parent them while similar may be completely different because your child might like something done one way and my kid likes it done another way. And mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with us doing it different ways. Absolutely. Um, so that's the best way to offer support is just to meet people where they're at and offer that support. I have um, a colleague who she's just finishing up and is Going to be a midwife, she's ready to test. And at one point, I was having one of my moments where I was like, "I don't think I can do this. What am I gonna do?" And she just said, "Chill out." She (laughs) said, "Stop. Just chill. Just chill out. Just yeah." And it's like she's like, "I know you don't want to hear that," and I was like, "No, it's good. It's good. I needed to hear that." So anytime I would start to be like, "Well, what about this?" She'd be like, "Okay, C.O. Just chill out for a minute. Just think about it tomorrow. Like it'll it'll be fine." So I love that. I think all of us student midwives have had to preach that to ourselves. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm still there where I can get going and this needs to be done and this needs to be done. And oh my goodness, what about this? And it's just, it'll get done when it needs to get done. Just let yeah. it be.
1: Yeah. So I think the invisible timelines and expectations, because I'm hearing all of this and thinking, mm-hmm. wow, this relates exactly to my my career too of what i'm currently in of it constantly my to-do list is constantly endless and having to choose between do i do the laundry right now like i was running around like a chicken with my head cut off this morning like starting my bread putting in laundry cleaning up the kitchen trying to get breakfast done for the kids trying to get them where i needed to be oh i need to put on makeup so i actually look presentable and like (laughs) all of the different things i'm running around doing and um it just it, it never feels like enough but One of the things that um, one of my mentors once told me was, did God ask you to do that or did you tell yourself that you have to do that? Mm -hmm. And it had completely changed my – I still still totally fall off the wagon and forget that all the time and put things on myself that he did not put on me. But it helps me recenter to go, okay, one moment at a time, one second at a time, and then did he ask this of me or am I just blindly – throwing that onto my plate that does not actually need to be there and is overloading myself
0: yes yeah and I think along that same line another good piece of advice is that something God has shown me this year is that there's a difference between being a uh, peacemaker and a people pleaser and Mm -hmm. so I naturally tended to want to people please you know there was a lot of um turmoil in my home growing up between my parents. And so it was like duck in the corner and hope that the venom doesn't hit you. Mm -hmm. And so that naturally created, I want everybody to like me and I want to be a people pleaser to everybody. And something that the Lord spoke to me within the last year is that you're not going to please everybody. You're not everybody's cup of tea. Mm -hmm. You don't have to care if people don't see you the way that you want them to. You're not responsible Mm -hmm. for how they see you. Um, If you're living your life out for God's glory, then that's all you need to worry about is bringing glory to the Lord. And if people don't like that, it's okay. And you're also not responsible for the way that people, as long as you're speaking in gracious terms and you're speaking the truth in love, you're not responsible for how people take what you say. Mm -hmm. You're not responsible for their feelings. So that's something that I'm purposing to teach my kids. And yeah. that's something that I've done for myself is just, I'm not responsible. If I say this is my boundary or this is where I stand, I'm not responsible for how anybody else feels. Um, yep. A recent explanation for that is somebody asking me, oh, do you think you'll have more children? Well, I would love to have more children. Oh, well, how, how do you think? I'm not responsible for their feelings. I. Yeah. I I've just let that go. I don't care what they feel or what they think about it. It just, it doesn't bother me anymore. Yeah. So
1: I love that. Um, that's amazing. That's something that I've honestly been working through as well. Cause I'm people pleaser, perfectionist, all of the yes. codependent, the, all the things and like yes. <laughs> having to work through healing from all of those different, um, things that have had such a, a hold on my life. Um, and it's been transformational as I've walked through healing the last year from all of those things. Yes. Um, so what is the biggest blessing that you feel like you have received as you've walked in this ministry over the last few years?
0: Um, there's been, there's been several seeing the, um, I won't say necessarily independence. It's just the maturity level of my older children and them Mm -hmm. rising to not necessarily expectations because I don't expect them to rise to a certain level, but just seeing them rise to their God-given capabilities. um, It has been a huge blessing to see that training and um, counsel that we've poured into them their entire life has actually taken root. And you can see the good fruit from it because sometimes we get so busy and I'm like, oh my word, have you been raised? Um, (laughs) When I look at some of the decisions that are made and they're not like astronomically bad, but it's just decisions like, oh, well, I'm going to walk on the upper porch railing or something. I'm like, have you been raised? Like, yeah, (laughs) but to see the actual fruit from that with my children is a blessing to, see my husband support me as much as he does and to cheer me on like he's my biggest hype man and he'll just cheer me on all the way through um that has been a huge blessing he seeks to bless those that I meet through birth work um as far as like the birth team if he can meet needs that they have to he'll seek to yeah. do that he's been known to make coffee runs when we're at a really long birth and bring them to us So, um, seeing that and then also getting notes or verbal feedback from clients when they look you in the eyes or they take the time to write you a page letter about how wonderful it was and how much of a blessing it was to hear specific words that you spoke over them. And I always pray, Lord, help me to say what this mama needs at this time through your power and not through just empty words that I'm saying. Yeah. So my
1: last question for you then is, as a mother of eight, do you have any advice to speak to those who really struggle to give their kids one-on-one time? I feel like working from home, my attention is always split in so many different directions. And I have tried setting boundaries with work, but the kind of work that I do requires pockets of time all day Mm -hmm. long. So I can't just say I start work at nine and I stop work at two. Like, it just, it doesn't work. So I'm always having to split my time between a little time here with the kids, a little time here with my husband, a little time here working, a little time here on housework, all those different things. And I sometimes feel like I fail to give them really good one-on-one time. And so just even outside of the whole midwifery aspect of it, have, what advice do you have for moms who are like, I I still want to maintain relationships with each of my individual kids. How have you done that or... Do you have any advice in that area?
0: Yeah, I won't say that I'm like the most experienced because my oldest is only 14. Um, I would say that I have pretty good relationships with all our kids. Our family is very close. Um, Mm -hmm. Part of that is we've just raised them very close. Um, We lived until this last year. We lived in a house that was right around 1,300 square feet with all of us. So we just moved into a larger home now. So our family has always been close. That's just how we've done things. So as far as one-on-one time, I do purpose to have it, but it's not like a, I can't spend, I just can't. And God has given me these children. So he knows what I'm capable of, but I can't spend an hour with each child every day. It's just not realistic. That's eight hours a day. So... More so what I'll purpose to do is I might do like a devotional with one of the children, read some Bible time in the morning with them. We do do one-on-one time during school time as mm-hmm. we're working through some school. But since that's not always the most enjoyable, like fun one-on-one time when I have to run to the grocery store or something, I might take one or two of them with me. I might mm-hmm. take, um, I might go and make, um, a rundown to the chicken coop and say, Hey, you come with me. And so I'm purposeful in, trying to keep track of a little bit in my head okay who have I not like looked into their eyes and smiled with and connected with and listened to their heart because that's really what kids want they want to be listened to Mm -hmm. so I try and always put down what I'm doing if I can in the moment when they come to me and they want to tell me something especially my little ones well the big ones too but it's really important when they're little because then they learn as they're older that you want to hear what they're interested in what are they drawing what are they Mm thinking, um, how does a certain thing make them feel? I try and connect things when we're out driving. Like, do you see that, you know, God made that, or God did that with the little ones. And then as they're older, it'll go a little bit deeper of, Mm -hmm. well, why do you think God did that that way? Or what do you think that other people are thinking when they're doing this as in light of what God's word says? So I try and draw things back to scripture a lot. And a lot of our one-on-one time does focus on that. And I, I know that society is big on, well, if you have so many kids, they don't have enough attention. My little ones have more attention. What's funny is lately we're starting to, not to them, but we'll joke about it and say, those are our second children because yeah. they tend to get away with a little bit more than our first ones did. <laughs> and that's funny because I'm only 32. So, uh-huh. But my older kids are like, we weren't allowed to do that. And I'm like, well, I was a little bit more strict than I needed to be. Yeah. Like, so (laughs) I've seen that those aren't really the important issues. (laughs) So, um, but just making those connections and having those conversations with them. And if a child ever expresses like, well, I don't get any time by myself with you. Then I'll be like, okay, well, let's do something really quick. I have a good friend who she has 11 children and she does what's she, they've called them chocolate chats with mom. And so she might take one child into her room have a few chocolate chips or have a special treat and they might sit down for 10 20 30 minutes and have just a discussion yeah and i personally at this stage i'm okay with at the end of my life if my children's one-on-one time was spent talking about the lord and giving them a foundation that lasts Mm -hmm. um versus saying oh well i've got to take my daughter out to the nail salon like there's certain societal expectations that just aren't, they don't apply to our family because they're not important to us. If you want to take yeah. your daughter to the nail salon, that's great. If that's how you spend time. yeah. But me having a sweet treat with mine, um, Friday nights, if I don't get called to a birth, me and my daughters, we sit down and we watch call the midwife and my husband watches something with the boys or plays a game with the boys. And that's yeah. special to them. Like they know Friday nights. So that's, tonight when we're recording but Friday nights are are called a midwife night so they look forward to that all week
1: so it's just
0: being intentional to develop little things that they can count on Um, for you with two children it might be okay on such and such day we're going to the park or you know you only have two right now so it might be okay, on this day, I'm going to do this activity with you. And on this day, I'm going to do this activity with you. And it can be something simple or like you're going to cook dinner with me tonight and you're going to help me with the spices tomorrow night. Yeah. So just little moments like that. Yeah. I think society, like you
1: were saying, society really has us thinking that we have to do all of these extravagant things with our kids all the time Mm -hmm. for every holiday, for every Week or like, there's just there's always something, and it's not financially reasonable, and it's Mm -hmm. not time wise reasonable, and then there's also still all of your other responsibilities, and your marriage, and everything else that needs to be cherished in specifically time carved out for. Um, Yes. So I really appreciate that because kids do learn so much just from doing life with you. I grew up being homeschooled in my parents' office that they ran. And so we just did everything with them. We learned how to run a business with them. We learned how to cook with them. We learned just normal life skills with them. Um, And I think that's like such a beautiful thing. And just putting your phone Mm -hmm. down and having one-on-one eye contact, just talking to them is uh, more than we probably realize or give ourselves credit for.
0: Yes, just having those small moments to connect. I know that my daughter and I had a great conversation while we cleaned windows the one day. We just were cleaning windows together and the little ones and the other kids weren't really bothering us because we're cleaning windows. Like that yeah looks like a lot of fun. So but we had a great conversation. We could joke and talk and my daughter wasn't like, Oh, I can't believe I'm cleaning windows. No, she came and wanted to clean windows with me because it gave time for us Mm -hmm. to just chat, and those heart connections are made in those small moments. They're not made by carting our kids off to Disney World. Like You can Mm -hmm. have a great moment at Disney World, but that's not what's really heart level deep, and that's where we Mm -hmm. seek to impact is their hearts, not just put a smile on their face, but truly give them lasting relationships in their hearts.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. I love it. Um, well, I think that's all the questions I had for you we're coming up on an hour. So I really appreciate you just taking some time and sharing your heart and your story and whether it's women who are imagining themselves going into midwifery at some point or walking that actively, or just from my perspective of just wanting to hear more. And I feel like you imparted a lot of great wisdom that can be applied to so many different aspects of motherhood career, the whole thing. Um, So I really appreciate you joining me today. And did you have anything
0: else that you wanted to add? I don't think so. I think the only thing, the most important thing is just whatever God calls you to, remember to focus and keep that calling as your ministry and go into it with a ministry mindset. If God's calling you to it, it's for a purpose of bringing him glory and not ourselves. So
1: Mm amen. Amen. Well, yes. you can follow Taylor on Instagram. That's the only platform you're mainly on, correct? Yes. Okay. And it's journey. A midwife's journey. A midwife's journey. Yes. Okay. Yes. So I will put that in the show notes. So Perfect. thank you again for listening. Uh, you can follow me for more motherhood and Jesus related content on In Between Mama on Instagram and TikTok. And then you can um, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. I would super appreciate it if you would leave a review and share with a friend. And you can tune in next Tuesday for another episode. Thank you again, Taylor. And I hope you have a beautiful day. Thank you.
0: You too. Bye. Thanks.